That's a whip. <laughs> that is, that is yeah, a whip. what was that? Buckle up. That was a whip. That's so dominatrix. Yeah. We know where you at. Oh, yeah. oh you'll find out soon. <laughs> Welcome to the Poet Salon, a podcast where we talk to poets over a drink we've prepared especially for them. I'm Gabrielle Bates. I'm Duji New Sneakers Every Week Tahat. I'm Luther, my lips are real hues. <laughs> I can't stand you. <laughs> Last week, we talked with Hanif Abdurraqib about prose, pop culture, and pilgrimages. This week, we asked him to bring in a poem by someone else for us to geek out about. Hanif chose the poem, Elsa Was Stabbed to Death, She Had Her Key, by Angela Veronica Wong, which you can find on the PIN America website, and which we'll link for you in the show notes. Buckle up. All right, this is Angela Veronica Long's Elsa was stabbed to death, she had her key. Elsa was stabbed to death. She had her key in the front door, her foot on the street. Elsa's back was to the street. She had headphones on the cabs went past. Elsa listened to music. Her music was loud. Her death was music. Her boyfriend was away. He went to Wisconsin. He doesn't exist. There was no reason it happened. She deserved it. She was pretty. She doesn't exist. She felt maybe in her past life she was beautiful. She was great. She felt maybe in her future life she'd think this life was beautiful. It was great. The building smelled like cumin. There is nothing left to say. So talk to us a little bit about this project or maybe the, like, yeah, the larger book that this poem was a part of. Um, yeah. How it came into your life, why you love it. Well, I don't know if, the, I actually don't know if this poem itself is in the Elsa book, but the Elsa book, um, or the book Elsa, which came out in 2017, um, is like a book about a fictional Victorian era woman. Uh, and I, this, like Angela Veronica Wong, Angela Veronica Wong is published in um, vinyl with me. Vinyl was the first place I was ever published. Um, shout out to Philip B. Williams. I mean, for like countless, countless, countless reasons, but um, <laughs> for being like an early advocate of like my work before anyone cared about my work. Um, so vinyl, vinyl published me in 2014. Uh, and in that issue was an Angela Veronica Wong poem. And I was just like really blown away by, because um, it read like nothing I had ever read. All of her work is kind of um, really tied to self-conversation where there's a lot of rhetorical devices used and there's kind of a lot of things like repetitiveness where it seems as though she's trying to make sense of her own narratives. Um, and that really appealed to me. So I latched on to her work because she had, at the time, the Elsa poems were kind of still in their infancy, but she was, had this other project called Dear Johnny, um, which it's it's a bummer. I don't know if she did this or if like places just like closed down, but a lot of those aren't online anymore. Um, and that's just the way of it, you know, like journals close down and then don't archive. Um, but she had, yeah, these series of poems that felt very tied to each other, the Dear Johnny poems and the Elsa poems. Um, and I just went down this rabbit hole with the Elsa project. And that was like three years, you know, like at the time from like book release to, it was like from 2017 to 2014, it was like a three year window. Um, yeah. And I, I love them all. What about this poem in particular, Drazi? I, uh, 
I love how quickly, you know, there's some poets who um, draw out the trick that they're trying. I always, always, always think of the Terrence Hayes poem, what it looked like, um, where the trick in that poem is so separate the first time it happens and the second, the first time it's like, never mistake what it is or what it looked like. And then at the end, he switches it around. He switches the language thing. And he does that. And I obviously love Terrence. Like without Terrence, my first book wouldn't have been what it is. Um, but I, I think there's like a self-satisfaction in that for him, right? Like I think Terrence is like, well, I don't care if you see this trick because I know it's there. Mm-hmm. But I love how quickly like Angela crams them together um, where it's like her boyfriend was away. He went to Wisconsin. He doesn't exist. Mm-hmm. Right. To me, that is also effective as far as like laying the trick out in front of you to make you think that you are seeing something that's not there or that like by the time that line is not very long. But by the time I get to the end, I'm like, did I imagine the boyfriend? Mm-hmm. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, did I like eight words ago? Did I imagine that mm-hmm. the boyfriend was introduced? Um, and so much of her work is like that. So much of her work is like the, the um, I know we're thinking a lot about magic, but um, you know, the the turn and the reveal are they're, they're just so close to each other uh and that is uh, for me kind of something that i think i would want to turn away from you know that like sets my anxiety off in a way um but i can't i really love it i really love it so much it creates a kind of frantic noise yeah. that i really love her use of punctuation feels so confident and transgressive to me in this poem. And she's using these really short sentences, which allows her to kind of sneakily have punctuation even where she doesn't really have it. So Elsa was stabbed to death. She had her key in the front door, yeah. her foot on the street, is presented with the punctuation as one sentence. But obviously there are multiple sentences inside of that. And I love how almost like, how we talked about the use of slashes earlier. It's allowing you to get lines within lines and units within units. Um, that It does give it a sort of frantic yeah. energy. Um, it just feels really confident and smart. And as like a similar impulse to sort of what we were talking about earlier about your own writing, which is like, it almost like is cramming more, right? Into right. a single sentence. Like how much can, like can I put an and in here or can I put a which is to say, but like, in a different in a different way she's just like these poems are literally cramming short sentences yeah, into short, <laughs> short declarative sentences right. yeah. without it getting stale and i think i mean not in this poem but in a lot of her poems she was the first one of the first poets who gave me permission to use really long lines i mean i think a hallmark of my work in poems is that the lines are often very long um some of that is her i mean i also came up in like the pop punk era and you know the height of pop punk attempting a way towards radio the reason that the radio was like i think about sugar we're going down all the time the whole thing with sugar going down was like radios was like we, we can't play this because the chorus has too many words in it mm-hmm. and so it was angela veronica long in a lot of those dear johnny poems it's just like really a lot of sprawl and what i love about that is the punctuation isn't a surprise where you're like wow this this line is like five lines long surely this whole sentence this whole poem is like a run-on sentence but then it's like well no here's one period you know, mm-hmm. I really love that. Is this poem a sonnet? It is 14 lines. It is. is that the only reason why I was saying it's a sonnet? <laughs> I, did I say it was a sonnet? That's I just right. made a claim it that it's 14, 14 lines. Um, <laughs> do a turn? There's, there's a turn, of course, in the 13th line. The beginning yeah. smell like human. Yes, That's a turn, right? It's a volta. Um, there is the repetition of words, right? Had is on the first and the third line. We have um, mm-hmm. exists on the seventh and ninth line. Right? We have repetition of things like that. 
Mm-hmm. Is it a sonnet? Is the question. Yeah. Um, what do you think? I don't. I don't think it is. But I do think it has 14 lines in a vault. It's yeah, <laughs> I mean, it's sonnet esque. Yeah, it's sonnet. perhaps it's, an American it's a, it's a, it's a sonnet. sonnet. Yeah, mm. yeah, taking some sonnet like things and making yeah, it a thing. Right, the riddle, the, yeah. the volta, the argument, and no argument. Right, it's taking a sonnet quality and putting it into this unit of a poem. Yeah, I love how it announces itself metrically in that first line. It doesn't keep yeah. it up all the way through, but it's definitely a move when you start a poem mm. with that sort of like Elsa, Elsa was, was stabbed, stabbed to, to death. death. <laughs> she had her key. Yeah. Um, that's definitely putting it, I think, in a sonnet tradition that it immediately mm-hmm. kind of fucks with. It's a trick. It's all a trick, right? Yeah. yeah. I'm going to give you this iambic pentameter, and then, no, I'm not actually. <laughs> right. Uh, right. It's a sonnet, 14 lines, but it's not really a sonnet, yeah. right? Yeah. Mm, punctuation doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense. You yeah. know, so it's like tricking yeah. you at all, at all times. I love it, yeah. Do you think that, uh, I mean, in terms of like the way we've talked about magic and even in this particular poem, like, are you drawn to like the trick? Uh, because like, you um, want to figure out how to replicate it or because you like being tricked? I think I like being tricked, right? I don't really have a desire to replicate the trick as, as much as I have a desire to um, be aware that I am still willing to give myself into the idea of being tricked. Um, you know, it's like in They Can't Kill Us, there's an essay about Alan Iverson and Michael Jordan about how the crossover as a basketball move relies entirely on someone willing to be tricked, right? Um, what that doesn't say is that even if they're not willing to be tricked, they still have to show up and play defense, right? Um, so you still have to place the body in front of another body. Uh, and I think that part is what I like, is that when I'm entering the poem, I'm still placing myself in the poem. So if I am there, I am by default presenting a willingness to be either shown something unique mm. or tricked in some way. And so I like when a poem cashes in on yeah. So like there's a there's a relationship to being sort of like present and being a willing participant. Yeah. Um like directly. Right? Absolutely. And of course like the trick of this poem and the final line of just being like no there's nothing left nothing to, say. to say. Right. Yeah. 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 Well, this is a poem so much about grappling with how there is no trying to find a rationale for something that has no reason behind right. it and I think there's really a lot of richness in that attempt with how she's treating the sonnet as a form question mark maybe um and like what a poem can and can't answer um like what are the limits of reason you know to follow the form exactly would imply a certain kind of power that this poem can't accomplish yeah it's a seeding of control yeah right yeah, yeah. like the yeah. poem is enacting a seeding of control there's like showing up to a poem yes. as a sort of enact like seeding of control a mm-hmm. willingness to be tricked is right. that right, right? right. yeah I, I love how the poem uh i love how the way the poem is narrated <clears throat> right the narration of the poem reminds me of um tarfia fazula's a hundred bells mm-hmm. yeah the way it like unravels the story narration of what's happening to the speaker like you know you know what's going on but something is happening behind the poem and the speaker's like experience right and even in that poem like the the punctuation doesn't make sense right so it's like small words or long words right so they're long phrases or short phrases but it's all still um concisive with how it's doing things and this poem does same kind of thing right it unravels in a way where you're like wait, what's actually happening to the speaker, right? right? And the speakers are almost tricking themselves, right? There's a boyfriend, he moved away, he doesn't exist. Like, so do you know what's going on with the boyfriend? Right, or so like, what's going narration. on? Yeah, right, exactly. Yeah. So the narration is like, it's unfolding while the speaker's talking, you know, to us at the same time. It's, it's great, actually, for that aspect. Hmm. Do you think there's an element to, to um, 
and I'm curious, like there is an unreliable narrator, but there's also a way in which like sort of like that Frank, uh, the frantic like speaking into being is a way of archiving also. Oh yeah. Yeah. Do right. you feel that? Do you feel that same kind of impulse in your own writing? Like, do you see that here? Like what? Um, I don't, I, I don't feel it in the way that it comes alive in this writing. So I think I like Angela Veronica Long's work because as much as I reach towards what she attempts, I can't bring it to life. Right. Um, so there's a type of like unexplained, I, I think there is, um, a lot of her choices rely on boldness and trust. Mm. Right. Mm. Um, cause there's that like sentence that's kind of confusing, um, sonically, the Elsa's back was to the street. She had headphones on. The cabs went past. Um, to like place that with no punctuation, for example, mm-hmm. relies on trust. I think just from a sonic standpoint and mm-hmm. a syntax standpoint. And I don't think I could do like I would not write that sentence. I might, my impulse would be to put something there right. um, to so, signify that the headphones are not on the cab. Right. For right. Right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Right. And because it breaks there too. Right. The line breaks at had. Um, and so the next line is like headphones on the cabs went past. But I think even that is a trick, right? Mm-hmm. A, a trick of imagery. Mm-hmm. Um, because when I'm reading that, even though I understand what's being said, I visualize headphones on vehicles, yeah. which is a kind of um, whimsical and playful thing to insert into this particular poem. Right? Yeah. You know what kind of drives me crazy about this poem? Yeah. The line breaks. <laughs> yeah. They really wear me out. Um, like in that, in that line, the fourth line, headphones on the on the cabs went past. Period. Elsa, break. I'm just like, well, <laughs> but I think again, it's it's, it's, to, it's to mess with you. It's like, I don't know what I'm doing, but if you don't know what I'm doing, I don't give a fuck. I'm still gonna do it. You know. So it's like yeah. I'm, I'm here to play with you and to play with what I'm doing. Yeah. You know. I think she. I mean, the first few times we get Elsa, it's always at the beginning of the line, and mm-hmm. I think it's a classic like rule of three thing. Like she didn't mm-hmm. want to do three Elsas beginning the line because that would imply a certain regularity and reason, right? Mm-hmm. And so she's got to like drastically switch it up to be like, no, you thought I was establishing this certain sort of pattern, but I'm not. And even the the idea of Elsie being the last thing on that line, after that, she dies. So it's like, right. it's the last thing you're going to hear yeah. about is Elsa. Musical was loud. Yeah. Her musical was actually death. the abyss right. of the white space. Exactly. Right. So Unfolded. in that way, it's, it's great, right? And then going from that to the loud, to the he didn't exist, mm-hmm. that, that, that movement is great as well. Yeah. Yeah, yeah the line breaks are kind of wacky. But <laughs> in a way where it seems that she knew. It seems like because the poem is... Um, kind of sprawling and uncontrollable and it's unfurling my mind breaks where the control is mm-hmm. even though the control is like odd mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. I totally trust her yeah for sure you can kind of cannot not trust her right yeah. you're, you're, like, you're like trusting her there's like such an interesting play between like control and slippage mm-hmm. right like even in that sort of like slip of the image right like that's obviously hi- tightly controlled like that was a constructed like play there um and I think like the tension between those two things is what creates like this like sort of bizarre emotional landscape where like the plot that is like this like very simple like did it happen did it not happen like sort of resonates. I'm really interested in like uh, I'm really interested in too in like the the explaining the facts of the thing um, and sort of like how you read the explanation of the facts of the thing like especially given again our previous conversation of like yeah. how you use that. Yeah, why, what I like is that the facts of the thing aren't, I don't read as facts to me, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but they have the force of fact. Yeah, right? right? We're like, we're supposed to imagine their fact, 
and they're presented with the kind of authority that would suggest that they're facts, but the language does not allow for me to imagine them as fact, Mm -hmm. which I think in itself is kind of cool. Mm -hmm. Um, Like the only fact I trust is the last line with there is nothing left to say, right? I think that is perhaps what's coolest. Yeah. I I love the the franticness. Franticness? Is that a That's thing? a word. Yeah, yeah. Franticity. 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 <laughs> okay. Hey, Gabby. <laughs> um, of line seven, um, it she was pretty. She doesn't exist. She. Yeah. That's that franticness of like trying to figure out who this person is. Um, it's kind of like explicitly said in that line. Like we don't know what's going on with her, but in that line, we're trying to get at her life in that one little line. I don't know. It's great. Yeah. Yeah. And the idea of prettiness versus existence. Mm-hmm. Right. And then you're left with like just the she. Like, then the she, yeah. yeah. Even the, the it she too, like the object versus the actual personhood. Yeah. There's yeah. a certain like distillation that's happening. Yeah. Mm. And ending on the building as opposed right. to on the she or the he. Mm-hmm. Um, like the the physical setting, the the place, the container of safety that she didn't make it to. Right. is what we're ultimately left with. Yeah. There's like a final turning. It's like a turn outward, but like, it's not like the poem hasn't been turning outward. Right. Like in terms of like talking about like death. Right. And, and maybe it's the container. Right. Like I, I'm like, I find it really, I find the final move really fascinating because like there's sort of a turn to something that is not the dynamic of the he and the she, which is outward, even though like, the facts of the plot up until that point, like include like external things. Mm. Um, like that last move is all like, it's necessary to turn outward. Like she has to, yeah. she has to, the poem has to not be about he or she for it, for there nothing left to mm-hmm. say to be. And poems can do what we can't, right? So right. the poem ends up where she couldn't go. Right. Yeah. I like that idea. Poems can do what we can't. Thank you to Hanif for talking about Elsa, her go. boyfriend, and not letting it go. Let it go. Not letting it go. Shout out to Angela, my co-hosts, and of course, Hi. wine. But importantly, big ups to you, our loyal listeners, and to you, our new listeners. Welcome. Welcome. If you like our theme music, Google Flavor Blue, F-L-A-V-R, no, oh. Blue, you would not be sorry. At all. At all. It bangs. It bangs. If you love us, please rate us five stars or whatever platform you're listening and hit that subscribe button. Not now, but right now. <laughs> Lastly, follow us on Twitter at Poet Salon Pod and send along your questions, your favorite queer anime character, Ooh. your latest sex experience, do. your Game of Thrones <laughs> hot takes. Definitely that. Send all that to the Poet Salon Pod at gmail.com. Goodbye. Fetty and spaghetti. Fetty and spaghetti. Fetty and spaghetti. and spaghetti. Fetty and spaghetti. Fetty and spaghetti. Fetty and spaghetti. Cause my crew rock steady. Fetty and spaghetti. Fetty and spaghetti. Yo. Uchi wali wali. Uchi bang bang. Wow. The world is falling, we can maintain full 
Captain Origami Making crane cranes Got a thousand wishes on my brain brain I put salt in the water when I'm cooking up the pasta Trying to keep me quiet but you know it's gonna cost ya Cause I cook them proper Redder than a lobster Gourmet bait but my mama was a mobster You wanna weaponize this? Gonna show you these hands Gonna take on these streets Gonna show you who's man's Cause my crew mob steady Feddy and spaghetti Feddy and spaghetti Feddy and the <laughs> That would be absurd I was shameless to say I thought Elsa was like the Elsa from Frozen For the long, for the longest Oh no <laughs> And I was like I was, I was like I'm ready to discuss Loser. Disney politics Let's go No Let's, Okay we have to start the recording over And treat <laughs> it as if Lead it How do I we read ready. this, this Commentary on. This is like fan fiction Let's actually Of Frozen <laughs> I was ready um, for it I was ready. Oh he wasn't God. he. I mean, like, listen. Of that course, last it line, was Wisconsin. <laughs> that last line is pretty much "let it go." Yeah, Literally. it's true. Literally, there is nothing left to say. <laughs> her, death, her, death was, her death was music. I'm, I was ready right. to, to like talk about it. Yeah, I was ready for oh. it. And I was like, "Oh, uh, maybe he's not Elsa." I mean, I guess. Uh, I cool. love you so much. <laughs> That's that. Thanks, y'all. 